So, Pat, in episode 11, uh, Final Choices and Sensible Defaults, towards the end of the episode, you mentioned sort of your your personal philosophy on mindfulness um, and your sort of take on spirituality and how it, you, you, you sort of alluded to the fact that it actually saved your life, like not, not in a metaphorical sense, but in a literal sense. Now, as a friend, this intrigued me, and I'm sure it intrigued most of our other listeners as well, because it's quite a bold thing to say. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, I wanted to discuss that a little bit about you, you know, just to find out exactly what it was that you, you were meaning. Well, um, okay, so I'm, I'm about to reveal just kind of some highly personal stuff that I've alluded to here and there on the internets, but I haven't really talked in depth about and uh, and only those who maybe have been following me for a very long time would even know this but um, uh, uh, as as a teenager uh, I was I was diagnosed as bipolar uh, manic depressive when you know really uh, kind of the uh, I mean this was back in the early 80s and and uh, you know some of the some of the stuff was just really starting to get termed, but um, and, and be recognized. But it was it was quite obvious, uh, uh, you know, through my ter- teenage hormonal years, how uh, how quickly and often I swung from very low lows to very high highs, and um, spent many years dealing with this, both through psychiatry. Uh, and therapy um, for those who don't know for those who aren't crazy like me because <clears throat> um, really that's what it boils down to um, uh, brain science is, uh, in this area is extremely unscientific not really necessarily unscientific it's just that there's really unlike you know, an x-ray where they can see a broken bone or a blood sample where they can see a disease, uh, they can't just take a sample of your brain chemistry and, you know, stick a needle in there, take out a sample, analyze it under a microscope and say, oh, we see exactly how your synapses are misfiring and you need exactly this dosage of this drug in order to make it all work and work correctly. Um, there is no science, even even today. There's no way for them to measure that. Um, psychiatry is really the 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 doctor pharmaceutical side of this equation, and therapy and therapists are the are the uh, kind of uh, processing uh, side of this. So uh, when you are nuts. <clears throat> Uh, or bipolar, um, uh, you you kind of see both. The psychiatrist is the one who prescribes you your your medication uh, because therapists do not have the power to do that. Whereas the therapists are the people you sit down and you talk with about how you're feeling and how you're doing and all this other stuff. Um, and and so what ends up happening is in order for them to find kind of the right combinations of of of, of drugs that work for you. It's a total and complete crapshoot. You basically spend several years as a guinea pig um, because different combinations are going to work differently and different medications are going to be work differently for different people. And, and especially in bipolar disorder, they have to manage two ends. Unlike just having depression or just having mania, um, 
they can just give you, okay, this is for controlling mania, and this is for controlling depression, you know? They almost have to, like, give you something to control the mania, something to control the depression, so that you hopefully end up somewhere in the middle, and they don't know what doses work and whatever, and so they ramp you on things and ramp you off things. And I mean, it really changes how you feel and how you approach life. And frankly, the end result, uh, the best I can describe, actually takes away your ability to feel hmm. uh, very deeply about anything. Um, and this whole while you're on this roller coaster ride of feeling better and feeling worse and feeling okay and feeling de- until you know they find that right balance and so you know I spent years feeling even more crazy than I normally felt um, and uh, and there were s- some other uh, events uh, you know in my life later on um namely my my first wife um you know kind of although you know i knew that there were problems forming over a few months it all just kind of came to a head one day where she just kind of out of nowhere out of the blue kind of blurted out that she didn't want to be a wife or a mother full-time mother anymore and that she just wanted out and she knew it would hurt me and she knew it would hurt the children even more but in order to cause the least amount of disruption for everybody she just was going to leave she didn't want anything she didn't want the house she didn't want the furniture she didn't want the car she didn't want the kids wow and just kind of left (laughs) and here i was stuck with a you know at the time a a three-year-old and a five-year-old um already kind of crazy <laughs> um already prone to depression and uh you know i i i was i was an absolute mess um and uh i actually uh i actually tried to kill myself uh, during this during this period i mean and, and oh, we're, buddy. we're not we're not talking you know I, i'm not you know just saying that i i i you know, first I went on a hunger strike, figuring that she would, you know, that would force her to come back, and so I, you know, I, I refused to eat for, for, for several days, and you know, and finally, you know, when I no longer had the strength to even, you know, answer the phone, you know, someone checked in on me, and you know, basically, you know, found me dying slowly. Um. And, you know, it took me away, and I was hospitalized for a period of time uh, until they determined I was crazy. I was uh, not crazy enough to be hospitalized, but crazy enough to be released. Um, <laughs> just the right amount of crazy. Yeah, exactly, just the right amount of crazy. Um, and then the next time, I actually tried slitting my wrists. And, um, oh, Jesus. Um, you know, was hospitalized once again. Um But, um, you know, went through that and was released and um, started started to realize that slowly but surely and eventually that the drugs actually were part of the problem. 
um, that, uh, that I wasn't getting treated correctly, but knew that I had to have something because I, I couldn't, I couldn't exist on a day to day basis, um, dealing with what I had to deal with being a single father, having a, a tremendous amount of, um, you know, debt and other responsibilities to take care of virtually on my own. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, <laughs> you know, two very young children uh, with plenty to do. Um, and the more the more I researched it, and the more that I I, I researched, uh, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, this disease from which I suffer. Uh, the more I realized how much of it was essentially based on stress. And that if one could simply reduce the amount of stress or find a better way to process it, that one could stave off these episodes of depression and anxiety um, before they start. And so it was around this time that I um, started to really kind of get interested in in the Buddhist uh, practice and philosophy behind mindfulness. Um, the one of the kind of basis of uh, bases of Buddhism uh, is called the uh, called the the Four Noble Truths, and uh, truth number one. Um, you know, basically starts out with the idea that that life is suffering, um, that uh, that everything in life um, deals with suffering at at some level, um, and that the suffering is usually caused by worry. Um, you know, worry about you know, oh, I've got bills, I've got a house, I've got kids, I've got this, I've got that, I've got work, I've got, you know, I'm worried about that. Um, those are kind of traditional worries. But worry can also uh, come from wanting, right? Gosh, I wish I had a better car. Gosh, I wish I had a better, you know, gosh, I wish I had this or that or the other thing. A MacBook right? Air. A MacBook Air, right, <laughs> exactly. You know, keep this topical. Um, and so... Um, you know, and, and that 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 worry that worry is the is the cause of suffering, and the way that to cessate that that worry, and thus that suffering, is through mindfulness, and uh, it 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 basically uh, all comes back to a uh, so basically whenever I start to feel this stuff coming on like. My, you know, I start to feel depression, feel, I, I can actually feel it when it's coming. I start to go through this little man mantra in my head, which uh, comes from the, you know, basically the, uh, you know, kind of what I came up with through the, the ideas I came up with uh, during this time, which is don't worry, do. If nothing can be done, don't worry. And I just kind of repeat that over and over. Don't worry, do. If nothing can be done, don't worry. And that always seems to bring me back to a place of, of, of mindfulness and of empowerment. With the idea being that 
if I have the energy to worry, I have the energy for action. And that if my action is not going to result in anything changing, then there's no point in expending either that energy in action or that energy in worry. And so it allows me to let things go and or to, if I can do something about it, if I can affect something, to put all of that worry and energy into actually changing it. And really, it's what keeps me alive on a near daily basis. That's some really powerful stuff, man. Where, where did you start? I mean, what, what resources did you use? Do you do you have anything you can recommend? Um, it, at least as far as a lot of this stuff is, um, you know, is. Uh, Considered at least from a from a from a Buddhist philosophy perspective, and I want to I really want to state that Buddhism is yes practiced as a religion by some in some countries, but it is more a more a philosophy and more a a way of a way of of living. Um, and so, uh, Buddhism, plain and simple, by Steve Hagen. Um, he is a uh, um, he, he actually is from where I live here in, in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, and he is a uh, you know a, a Buddhist priest, as it were, here at a, at a Dharma center. Um, but uh, but really, just the the nicest, plainest explanation of uh, of mindfulness uh and and of buddhism that uh one can you know one can imagine um you know i think is really good um uh, when it comes to meditation um the wooden bowl uh by john cabot zen uh is is really fantastic um and i really appreciate it Oh gosh! I mean, just you know, so many things that I've read and and that I uh, you know that I believe in uh, has kind of you know has kind of come out of that. But more importantly, it's kind of come out of just my own research into the subject. Much of it online. Um, plenty of great writing about mindfulness. Oh, Dan Benjamin of of the Five by Five podcasts. Not a lot of people, you know, people kind of know this. Maybe they don't. Um, but um, but Dan Benjamin is a big believer in a lot of this stuff and has written um, a couple of great uh, guides if you uh, Google search them. And I'll link them to the sh- in, in the show notes on an introduction to, to meditation and an introduction to Buddhism um, and, and mindfulness practice. So uh, I, I think that those, those two things are, uh, are really great for what it's worth. Can I mention something? Like I know that obviously this isn't my stuff, but it, when you were talking about bipolar... Um, Stephen Fry, who's a big celebrity in the UK and is becoming one sort of worldwide, I guess, if not been already been for years and years, yeah. did an amazing BBC documentary called The Secret Life of the Manic Depressive, um, where he he was 
he basically told the story of his bipolar disorder, including um, where I think it was in '97, around that sort of time, may have been a bit earlier. He went he went AWOL. Um, he was doing a, a West End show and just disappeared, and he went off into Europe and he didn't tell anybody and people thought he was dead and that, that was when he, he realised that he, he, he had something that he needed to address yeah um, the the show is unbelievably powerful it's a two part series um, it's not available on DVD but it is findable online oh um, we'll link to that in the show notes you gotta send that to me kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can google it and watch it in loads of parts on YouTube but I mean uh, BitTorrent it Gotcha. Okay. Well, it can be, you know, um, and I have, and it's not easy to find on its own. Sometimes you have to BitTorrent, say, like a Stephen Fry collection of stuff, but it's all BBC. Don't worry. I've paid for it for you. Um, find it. It's a crying shame that it's not on DVD, but it is an unbelievable series for people that feel that they do or may or do suffer from this stuff or just want to know a little bit more about it. Um, it is really, really worth watching. Yeah, and I, I don't know. <sighs> you know, there there are so many people out there who, uh, you know, who who feel this stuff that don't realize they're in that space. Um, because the insidious part about the the whole the whole thing, the whole disease, is that it, it's almost engineered to. It's engine. It, it, you know, uh, the problem with 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 mental illness is that it has a very um, steadfast self preservationist uh, bent to it. <laughs> you know, it it doesn't want it doesn't want to be cured. It doesn't want to be found because this is the way your your mind works, and your mind convinces you that you that you don't have the ability yeah, of course to 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 change it because your mind is happy working this way because this is the way that your mind works it's your brain isn't it's it? your brain so it's just that's just how your brain is right so how do you tell it otherwise? Yeah, exactly and so um but gosh you know i I gotta tell you i've I've lost you know. Uh, is is more than just myself that I've I've almost lost. Um, a, a very close friend of mine, uh, Rodney Lane, who I've talked about before, and I have uh, I've I've you know mentioned him on on you know in many blog posts that I've written here and there. Uh, every year on the anniversary of his death, I write something about him. Um, he was a fantastic writer, um, uh, extremely. Um, you know, he was a, a very early uh, kind of minor internet celebrity uh, in in the Mac world, and um, you know, uh, called me one day, invited me out for you know beer. I couldn't I couldn't go. Uh, a couple of days later, I called to follow up and and to uh, you know to say, hey, you know, I got time for that beer now, and he got his wife on the other end in tears. Who, who told me that he had uh, he had basically blown his brain brains out the night before? You know, and uh, heavy stuff, man. Yeah, it's, it's it's really heavy stuff. I I don't know how. Um, you know, I, I I I would be a liar if I didn't tell you that I think about that beer that I never had all the time. 
Yeah. All the time. I, I think to myself, you know, I, I know there's, I know in reality there's likely nothing I could have done and that at that point in time where he was at, because I know I've been there. No one could right point. exactly. No one could have convinced me. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, God Himself could have come down on a surfboard and <laughs> said, you know, don't do this, and my my brain would not have listened. My brain had already decided that that's what it was going to do, and uh, you know, so I, I doubt there's anything I could do. But I can't help but think, gosh, you know. If I had gone out and had that beard, kind of known, kind of seen where he was at, and said, "Hey, man, you can't, you can't go there," and and there's an answer, and here's the answer, and you gotta, you gotta do this, you know, you you, you gotta shut this stuff off because it's, you know, because otherwise it's, it's going to win, and you're not going to be here ha- having another beer with me again, you know. So yeah, all I can say is that if if you suspect at all that anyone in your life is dealing with this, or if you yourself are dealing with this, for God's sakes, there is an unbelievable amount of information out there and a ton of resources available to you. I in no way am recommending that people stop taking their medication and just believe in Buddhism to overcome this stuff. That worked for me. It will not work for everybody. And it certainly cannot be done without some serious therapy and some serious help, especially if you already are on medication. Because coming down off that stuff, if not done properly, will really send you into it over the edge. And, uh, you know, you think you're crazy now. Just wait until you go cold turkey off your meds or something crazy like that, you know. Um, yeah, so I am not advocating that whatsoever. I want to make that highly clear. Um, this works for me. It has worked for me for a while. And I'll tell you what, the moment I start to feel that it's no longer working anymore, that my little mantras and my little, you know, my, my little meditations are not holding back the demons that are inside, you better believe I'm going to be the first one popping pills as fast as I possibly can. Yeah, because, uh, because the alternative is death. And for me, that's a really easy choice. Yeah. Have you seen my little girl? I got I lots have. to live for. Trust me. You can't leave that one behind. Nope. So I just want to say, Pat, thank you for sharing this. And everyone, thank you for listening to, to it. And I know this is a little bit heavier than maybe we usually go, but I, I think it's something that's really important. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and to ask some questions. And uh, always, man. Now you know you know a bit more about me than uh, you know than I really have ever revealed before, and so do a few thousand other people. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, thank you very much, Mike, and we'll talk later. Thank you, buddy. Bye. <laughs>